This is the Everyday Christian Podcast, coming to you from the Beacon Church of Christ in West Monroe, Louisiana. Here's your host, Chase Green. Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 12 of the Everyday Christian Podcast, where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature, every day. So let's live our lives as everyday Christians in His service. Today's episode, we talk about casual Christianity or dedicated discipleship. This is part three in that series, and today we're talking about service as Christians. Jesus taught a lot about serving others. In Matthew 20, verse 28, that verse says that Jesus, as the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve. The King James Version says, He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus Christ, of all people, being the Son of God, you would think would have the right to be served, and yet he came to serve. That really tells us something. In Luke 22, verse 27, Jesus says, For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth? Is not he that sitteth at meat? That is, according to the world standards, the one sitting down being served is considered greater, according to the world. But Jesus is insinuating that it's actually the servant that is greater. And Jesus says this, But I am among you as he that serveth. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to serve. Well, he came to serve, and he also taught us to serve as well. I want to look at what Paul says on this subject in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 4 through 8. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. In other words, you are to not worry about your own affairs so much as you are to worry about the affairs of others. You are to try to help others in any way that you can and have the ability to do so. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Again, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Well, we are to have the same mindset. Verse 6, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In fact, Jesus Christ is God. He's God the Son. And in in, uh, verse 6, I think... God's referring to God the Father. He's saying God the Father, God the Son. There's an equality of deity there. Verse 7, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Jesus is the most humble, the meekest man who ever roamed this planet. And we are to follow in his footsteps. We are to be humble. We are to be meek. We are to serve others. In fact, we are commanded to be servants. Well, I want to break down the rest of our discussion in three main points regarding service. First, I want us to look at Jesus' example of service in John 13, verses 4 through 17, washing the disciples' feet. Then we're going to notice a picture of the judgment scene 
in Matthew chapter 25. And then I want us to discuss some ways that we can serve one another that I believe will be helpful suggestions in accomplishing this means. First, let's look at Jesus' example in John chapter 13, verses 4 through 17. John 13, verses 4 through 17 reads as follows. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest, not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord. And ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, your Adonai, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Isn't this interesting? Jesus Christ, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he was God in the flesh, John chapter 1, verse 14, deity on earth, Jesus Christ humbled himself in such a way that he washed his own disciples' feet. I don't know if you know much about the, the Bible lands there in Palestine, but there are a lot of very dry areas in that area of the, of the world. There's desert not far from there. There's lots of dust and grime and, and different things that people would have walked through in those days. And they did not wear shoes like you and I wear, the uh, closed-toed shoes and, and boots and things of that nature, they didn't wear those really. They wore sandals, and their feet were exposed much greater than ours are. Well, as you can imagine, walking through a dry and dusty and sandy and, and grimy place with sandals on, and quite frankly, some people probably could not afford even the sandals, therefore going barefoot, you can imagine how quite literally disgusting people's feet could have gotten. It was certainly something that was only left for the lowest of the servants to do was to wash someone's feet. And this was customary for feet to be washed when guests would arrive at the home. Well, the servants would come and wash the feet of the guests. 
You can imagine then when Jesus Christ humbled himself to the lowest of the low servant and washed their feet, their grimy, their dusty, their disgusting feet. You can imagine what was going through the, the minds of these apostles. In fact, Peter, of all people who always seemed to speak out first, questioned Jesus on this. You're going to wash my feet? Well, Jesus explained to him that he would understand shortly why Jesus was doing this. Peter responded, you're not going to wash my feet. No, never. And yet Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. Simon says, okay, then uh, wash my feet, but also my hands and my head. Peter got the point. The point was Jesus was about to teach them something absolutely critical. He's teaching his apostles that they needed to be servants. And if Peter refused to accept this teaching for himself, then that would have ruined the teaching. And, and, Peter, and Jesus said, you better uh, listen up. You better pay attention. This is an important lesson for you to learn, Peter, essentially. So Peter goes ahead and submits, and Jesus washes his and the other disciples' feet. In verse 13 and following, again in, in John chapter 13, let's hone back in on that section. Jesus says, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. Jesus, in humbling himself, did not ever stoop in the sense of denying the fact that he was their master. In fact, he's teaching that he is their master here. But he still humbled himself and served them. You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Translation, if I'm willing to stoop down and humble myself and serve you meekly, then you should stoop down, humble yourself, and serve one another meekly. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Did you know that some of the happiest moments in your Christian life will be when you're helping other Christians or helping other people who you hope will become Christians through benevolent service. If you go and visit someone in the hospital, you may be down in the dumps depressed walking into that hospital. But when you get done visiting that person, when you get done seeing what they're going through, when you get done with that prayer that you're gonna have with them, and that encouragement that you have to offer them, you're going to walk out of that hospital room and you're going to walk down that hall and you're going to get in the elevator and you're going to walk out of that hospital feeling amazing because you helped somebody. You served somebody by going and seeing them in the hospital. And that's going to lift your spirits. Happy are ye, is what Jesus says here, if you do these things. Well, that's the example in John chapter 13 that Jesus had for us. Let's look at a picture of the judgment scene in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, this is fairly long. We want to look at verses 31 to 46 there at the end of the chapter. 
And the point that we're going to make here is obvious. See if you can notice what this main point we're going to make is. Verse 31, Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee? Or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in? Or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or thirst, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. This is a picture of the judgment day. And one of the things that is going to have eternal weight, eternal consequences regarding our lives now is whether or not we served others. Jesus Christ takes it personally. If we do not serve others, it's as if we did not serve Christ. If we do serve others, it's as if we served Christ. Jesus Christ takes this very personally. And friends, if we are Christians, if we are everyday Christians and we're not making any effort whatsoever to serve other people, friends, something's drastically wrong with that picture. We must be out and about away from our church buildings and going to the people who need help, and we must be helping them. We are to be servants. We are to also be servants to our brethren uh, within the church building, or shall I say within uh, the congregation, really, because we're not always at the church building, but within a group of people called a congregation, a church of Christ, we are to help one another. We need to call one another up and, and check on one another, see if there's anything that we can do. We need to ask this, can I serve you? We need to say it just like that. Can I serve you? You see, sometimes I think we say, well, can I help you? But we're kind of sheepishly hoping that they say, no, don't worry about it. 
And guess what? Most of the time people do say, no, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. I, I've got everything I need. And yet sometimes they really do need help, but they are afraid to ask. They're afraid to show it. That's one of the things I think that is, quite frankly, drastically wrong with our culture. I don't know if it's a pride thing or what, but it seems like we don't like to accept help. Brethren, we need to understand that people need help. Sometimes we need help, and people need to serve one another. People need to help one another. People need to minister one to one another. Why? Because if we're not doing so, then we're not following what Jesus said to do here. We're not following his example. And Matthew 25, that's not going to be good on the day of judgment. We need to be serving as Christians. In my estimation, this is one of the big things that is wrong with those who are practicing Christians today. This is one of the things that seems to be sorely lacking. In fact, a lot of people my age are just fed up with religion. There's nothing wrong with religion. In fact, religion is required. James talks about pure religion, undefiled religion. That is required. But I'm afraid that many people, especially my age, they see so much hypocrisy in the world, and they also see a lack of action in churches, a lack of service when there's homeless people all over the place, there's people who are struggling to pay their bills all over the place that are not being helped. And they look at that and they say, you know what? I'm done with religion. Friends, that is a shame. We need to get out of our church buildings. We need to use our budgets and we need to help people because people need help. How can we bring other people to Christ if we're not willing to help people? I'll get off my soapbox in just a minute, but, but I'm just telling you, people are fed up with watching Christians stay in their church buildings and not do a thing to help other people. Benevolence is extremely important. If we're hoarding the Lord's money to the tune of hundreds of thousands and even millions of dollars in a bank account, and we're not willing to help people, I don't want to be having to answer to that on the day of judgment. Matthew chapter 25. I was sick. I was in prison. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was naked. And you took care of me. Or I was sick and in prison and hungry and thirsty and naked and you didn't take care of me. Friends, we need to pay attention to those verses. Well, finally, I want to offer some suggestions for how we can serve others as dedicated disciples of Christ. These are just a few suggestions. Feel free to, uh, to put some more suggestions in the comments if you'd like. Volunteer at a food bank or at a soup kitchen. Now, a lot of these are unfortunately associated with denominations and they're teaching denominational doctrines. I would not support something like that because they're teaching denominational doctrines regarding salvation and worship and the church and, and on and on you could go. I'm not going to go serve at a place like that where false doctrine is being perpetuated, but here's what I can do. I can start my own. We as Christians can start our own, and we should. And if we're not, then quite frankly, shame on us. It really upsets me when I see groups like the Salvation Army which 
are teaching false doctrine regarding salvation and, and several things, they are outworking us. They're doing a lot for the cause, or not for the cause of Christ, really, because it's counterproductive because they're teaching false doctrines and, and false ideas regarding salvation. But they're doing a lot in the name of Christ, in their mind at least, to help people. And what are we doing? We're just sitting back on the sidelines. That's not right, brethren. So volunteer. Uh, start a food bank or a soup kitchen or something to that effect if there's not one that you can associate with in your community. Feed the homeless. Why not? Call one another to see if there's anything that you can help someone with, especially the elderly. Uh, mow their yard. Do their dishes for them. Take out the trash. Help with the dog. Help with uh, baby babysitting, especially young families that uh, the husband and wife can't get out very much and enjoy some, some time together as a couple because they've got young children. Offer to babysit for them. Help them. Serve them. Uh, paint, paint the house with somebody. Somebody's getting ready to move and needs help painting. Well, volunteer to help. Help somebody move. There, there's so many things that you can do, if you really think about it, to serve one another. Offer to get groceries for somebody. Pick up someone's prescri prescriptions. Again, can I serve you? Let's get out of our comfort zone and let's say it that way. Can I serve you today? Is there something I can help you with? And, and demand an answer because they might say, well, no, I'm good. But really, they do need something. Ask them. Be persistent until they finally, to get rid of you, say, okay, well, you can do this for me. Seriously, we need to serve one another. Pick up the trash in the community. You know, I hate to say this, but sometimes I think people belittle the prisoners who are wearing orange, and they're out picking up trash, and people will honk at them and, and laugh at them, and ha-ha, you've made terrible choices. Look what you're, you're doing. You're, you're paying for it now. Ha-ha. We ought not treat them like that. We ought not be demeaning to them. In fact, we ought to be out there joining them. We ought to be out uh, serving our communities. Why not? Why not? Well, I hope that you've enjoyed our study of service today. This is something that I think about a lot, and really I need to, to get in and put into action more. We need to be out and about serving. If we're serving something, serving someone, the Lord's going to be pleased. But if we're not serving anybody... We're going to be in trouble on the Day of Judgment. I appreciate you for joining me for this episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I hope that you will help us spread the word by liking and sharing our podcast, by commenting in the comments, by sending this in a message to your friends. You can also give us a rating in the App Store, and that will help us out greatly. Just help us spread the word about this and, and help us grow. We really do appreciate it. The podcast has been growing lately, and we're very excited about that. I am, and, and just appreciate you, the listener, very much. Well, I've got one more episode coming, Lord willing, and that is episode 13. That'll be the last episode for season one, and we're going to be talking about casual Christianity or dedicated discipleship, part four, evangelism. Hope to have you tune in to that next time on the Everyday Christian Podcast.
You've been listening to the Everyday Christian Podcast with Chase Green. As always, remember, God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Stand firm in your resolve to be an everyday Christian.